Law Focus Podcast, bringing you the facts, handing you your rights. This is Law Focus. Good evening to our listeners. It's exactly seven o'clock on this first day of the new month and new season. It being the first of September, we have just welcomed spring, a rather cold one, I must add. And you are tuned into BioFM Broadcasting on 88.1. My name is Millicent Ndiveni and with me is Tepo Mohapi. Although we have concluded Women's Month, we can never stop embracing women and letting their voices be heard. Yes, I'm representing ladies. Hence, tonight's show features a female candidate attorney who will share her journey in the legal fraternity with us. Thank you for joining us for the next hour. Welcome to Law Focus. To remind you again that our show aims at dealing with issues relating to legal matters. We're here to inform you about your legal rights, as well as have conversation about current affairs and issues within the legal fraternity. We also like to inspire you by sharing positive and successful experiences of those who've done exceptionally well in the legal profession. Our social media is up and running again, and we really appreciate you engaging with us. The platforms that we're available at the moment are Twitter, and the handle is at VowFM, using the hashtag LawFocus. On Facebook, we are VowFM. For podcasts, you can visit our website, uh, vits.journalism.co.za forward slash law, or the Viz Radio Academy page on Iona. We're also available on Spotify now. Um, coming up next are our legal hotspots, our hottest legal stories of the week. Rounding up all, all the top all stories, the of, the stories of the week is Legal Hotspots. And in our first story this evening, we talk about the Concord ruling uh, where another major setback has been received by the public protector. So the Constitutional Court has found public protector Wusisiwe Mkwebani's application for leave to appeal against the scathing rulings given against her by the Gauteng High Court Judge Renee Talmi to have no reasonable prospects of success. According to Business Day, the one-page ruling means Mkwebani will now need to personally pay 7.5% of legal costs to the DA, of the DA rather, and the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution challenge to her report, which was criticized as whitewash. Mkwebani had argued that Tommy's rulings had unconstitutionally sought to control what she did and did not investigate. The Constitutional Court had effectively rejected her argument. Retired Justice is going to lead an inquiry into the Gupta assets. The Sunday Times has reported that the retired judge, Mr. Justice Maya Joffe, is expected to chair a hearing and an inquiry into how uh, almost a billion, that's correct, a billion with a B, rands worth of assets, cash, high-value residential and commercial properties, as well as mining equipment, which belong to the Gupta's island site company, has allegedly vanished. Uh, the, the, the disappearance of these properties and assets allegedly occurred during um, at the time that they were in South Africa and through questionable business rescue practices, irregular inter, intercompany loans, uh, property valuations and other sales agreements. And now, last legal story for this evening. We continue to unravel South Africa's coronavirus scandals um, regarding the government spending, etc. Whereby the Gauteng Health 
um, uh, department find themselves in a scandal of 500 million PEEs. So, the latest report by Scorpio's investigation featured in the Daily Maverick has revealed that officials working for the Department of Health in Gauteng place orders for personal protection equipment, that is PPEs, and other products related to the fight against COVID-19 at a cost of more than 500 million rand above market-related prices. The investigation further revealed that the office's procurement of products such as face masks, surgical gloves, and hand sanitizer that the department officials ordered a range of items at a cost of 1.2 billion rand, while the same items could have been bought at a cost of, wait for it, only 776 million rand. Mm-hmm. Your scandalous country, Tepo. That's almost double the going rate. And that's not the worst of it, Chen. But let's hope that things get revealed and that we can sort this out as soon as possible. Rounding up all, all the top stories of the week. Of the week. Legal Hotspots. Law Focus, handing you your rights. Welcome back to Law Focus on VAR 88.1. My name is Sap Mahapi, and as you know, I'm always with my partner in crime, the forever bubbly Melissa Nguyen. Now, if you just joined us on um, tonight's conversation, we're having a talk with Nogulungam Gwajwa, who is not only a candidate attorney, but also a young mother, a strong-willed woman, and a devoted wife. Now, she's originally from Davidson in the east of Johannesburg. Nogulungam initially studied human resources management at the Val University of Technology before venturing into the legal fraternity, where she pursued an LLB degree at UNISA. After feeling some dissatisfaction, in the human resources sector. And tonight we're going to be exploring the world of being a candidate attorney in the legal profession through Nogulunga's eyes. She's affectionately known as Lunga to her close circle, enjoys reading, traveling, cooking, and baking in her spare time. Her unique journey hasn't been easy as she had to go back to school to further her studies in law at an older age. And in the midst of that, this 33-year-old faced the challenges of being pregnant while serving her articles, of which there is this perception, perhaps more than a perception, it's more of a norm um, within the legal fraternity that we should avoid being pregnant or else we risk being axed while being a candidate attorney. And in my experience, I think it really depends on the institution you go to, as well as I think the law firm you're employed at where these organizations are either blatantly or um, sadly let you know uh, that do not fall pregnant while you are, you know, completing your articles. Um, and, and sometimes even until you are actually fully established in the organization, that is when they would say, just listen, contraceptives, must be your friend. Well, that's my experience. So, back to Nogulunga. All those challenges um, combined, we're happy to announce that last week was her last time of serving articles, which she started two years ago. Good evening, Nogulunga, and well done to you. Congratulations on completing your articles. Uh, I wrote in... When did I write? I wrote in, in fair. Uh, but then, unfortunately, I did not pass all of them. I'm still going to write uh, two that I'm left with. I'm writing in November again. Mm-hmm. Okay, it sounds like it's very difficult. Let's start by letting the, the listeners know what a candidate attorney is and what your job 
entails because it does not sound like it's easy at all. <laughs> oh yes, it's it's not easy at all. So a candidate attorney is someone who already has um, an LLB degree. So you have to get your LLB degree, and then from there you need to serve a two years article in a law firm. Uh, so in that two years, they actually train you what it is that you need to do uh, as a lawyer. And then you also need to write your board exams. It's actually for four exams that you need to write and pass. And then only then you can uh, um, apply for your admission to be admitted as, a, as an attorney. Now, tell us, why did you study law specifically after completing your qualification in human resources? Um, and do you think your choice was worth it? The reason why I studied law is because, okay, at first uh, I enrolled for, for HR. I studied at uh, Val University of Technology. I did human resources management there. But after completing my, my qualification, I felt somehow dissatisfied in a way. I felt like I needed more. There's something that um, I wanted more than it. I, I even thought maybe I would study uh, something related to it, like, like uh, industrial psychology, but I ended up not doing it. I fell in love with law because I had friends who had done law, and then they, they talked about it. It, it. it interested me. And then from there, I decided that I'm just going to do law. Um, then I enrolled with UNISA. I started uh, part-time doing law. It was very interesting studying it. It was interesting um, uh, to be a, a law student. But then also now when I uh, came into practice, um, it became a completely different story. I think it was now suddenly not what I had imagined. I find that so interesting, suddenly not what you had imagined. I need you to tell us what you had imagined because that's that's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I actually imagined it uh, as being a cool profession um, because when you see lawyers, you see uh, uh, people that look very representable. They, they, they always look nice and, um, and, and the, the words that they use, they use the big words. So I thought, wow, this, this, this profession when you're a lawyer, you are respectable, you have money, yes, money part of it as well, but it's actually not the case. There's a lot of work that happens there, there's just too much work, there's a lot of paperwork that you need to do as a lawyer, you need to be very focused, uh, there's a principle of mine that needs, that used to tell me that I must um, pay attention to everything that I do. And he kept on saying that, and I think I, 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 I took it with me because I've realized that, well, paying attention uh, will, 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 will get you where you want to go. You need to pay attention as, as a candidate Teddy and grasp everything uh, that you can for the time that you are with that uh, law firm and under that uh, particular principle. 
Yeah, that's interesting. And and you had to resign where you used to work before in order for you to complete your articles. Um, perhaps briefly tell us about that journey. Was it an easy decision to be to just leave your job? Con- like um, a lot of law firms, and as you get into like those big big law firms, they don't really pay much. So um, you know, what were your fears of walking away from where you have established yourself already to go and do something else where? A salary cut is probably one of the things you might have to deal with. First of all, I did not think twice about resigning because, yes, I was working there, everything was fine, but in my mind, I, I had this thing that I haven't completed what I'd started. So as much as I'm working, I have a, a salary, but I, I need to complete, I need to, to serve articles and become admitted. That was my dream. That's all I wanted. But the difficulty, the challenge that um, I had was the financial challenge now because I had to take a salary cut like probably, I don't know, maybe three or four times of what I used to get. And also the fact that I was no longer in my like twenties, I was I was thirty one when I when I got my articles, and I now I had to think how am I going to sustain myself financially? But uh, as 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 for leaving my job, I was okay with it. But then at least I had um, a strong support structure. Family was behind me that it's okay. It's only going to be two years. So just do what you need to do. And then the rest is history. Right. Now, you started your, your articles, I think you're about 30 years old when you started your articles. And do you mm-hmm. think that starting at that age played a role in your being a candidate attorney? What's the benefit or the drawback of starting? I mean, 30 is not old at all, but... Some people started right after varsity, others much later. And, and what was your experience? It does play a big role because, you know, when you are 30, you, you are financially independent. So now suddenly you have to go back. It's sort of like, it feels like a setback because you know that you're going to be earning a stipend, not a salary, just a stipend to cover your transport. And that's it. And also you look at your peers, your peers, um, they are mostly in the mid-20s and uh, I'd say late-20s, but that's where they are. And then also when you're 30, there's just a lot going on <laughs> in your life. You, you, you are a mother, you, 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 um, you are a wife. So when you are in your 20s, you don't have to worry about that. You're doing your articles and that's, it. that's the only thing that's happening in your life when you're fresh from varsity. And if you're not fresh from, from varsity, then there's a lot of things that are happening and you need to manage everything somehow which is what happened to me. Yeah, uh, we, we have to talk about all those things that happened to you and your experiences. Uh, and I'm going to get into now that, you know, what you just started now, transformation. In the legal fraternity, wow, it has been an issue for a really, really, really long time. And I wonder, would you concur with me if I said um, that the legal fraternity has some kind of prejudice against uh, women in the sense that... Um, you know, the whole pregnancy issue, for instance, um, 
you can't fall pregnant until you are done serving your articles um, and maybe until after at least five years when you're well established uh, within the law firm. What's your take on transformation, gender transformation in particular, in the law firms, because you're talking about like the legal fraternity specifically, what has your experience been and how would you change it? Eh? I think there is a little bit of transformation and also maybe it also depends on on which firm you are with you know i think maybe firms uh, apply different rules me for instance so when i i got my articles i also found out that i was uh, pregnant like it all happened around the same time and the first thing that came to my mind was you What's going to happen now because I mean I've been waiting for so long to get articles and then suddenly now I'm pregnant. How am I even going to tell my um my, my future principal that well now I'm pregnant? Is he even going to want us to continue with this contract or what? Those are the things that were on my mind. And I didn't know whether I should disclose that I'm pregnant or what. But then I decided that, okay, let me just uh, tell him uh, whatever happens, happens. Then uh, I told him and I thought, I honestly thought he would say, well, uh, I'm sorry, but we can't take you anymore. But funny enough, he was he was actually understanding. And I think as much as he did not say it, <laughs> but I think he, he was somehow scared with you, but he didn't show it to me. He was like, oh, okay, that's fine. You know, it was like, okay, so we're not corner, you know, but I did not um, experience any discrimination whatsoever, I'm not going to lie. And I worked with uh, three guys, three young guys. They, they, I think, around the same age group as me, but professionally, they they already had experience. Um, so it, it was fine. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say I, I, I felt prejudiced. I wasn't prejudiced, but I, I know that in, in other law firms, people do uh, experience uh, that kind of discrimination. So, so tell us your experience with your, with your principal was, was fine in terms of pregnancy, I guess, but, um, with regard to, let's say, the Law Society and your articles as a contract and all of that, how did you have to deal with that and being pregnant? Was that a difficulty or, or not? It was difficult, um, not going to lie, because as a candidate attorney, you need to you need to give your all and you must be very focused. But me, on the other hand, I think there was just, a lot going on. I'm not sure if maybe the um, the focus that I needed there, I was able to to give like hundred percent of it. But I tried to push anyway. I told myself that I'm not going to to say no. I can't do that. I I, I pushed as much as I could. I did all that I could. And your law society experience did it have an effect on your articles? Law society? No, it did not. Okay. Uh, and, and what about as a mother? What's your advice to, to other mothers who um, might be experiencing maybe even worse challenges that you experienced? And perhaps you can tie that nicely with 
female lawyer students um, who are looking at being prospective legal practitioners. Uh, based on your experience, you know, what advice do you also have for them? So those law students who are yet to go into the field as well as young mothers who still need to serve either pupillage or articles. Your advice to them? Uh, my advice to them would be that um, being a female in the legal fraternity uh, is not easy. Uh, and also now, being black is another story on its own. So uh, it's as if you, you, you've you got two uh, burdens on you in a way. You need to prove yourself. You constantly have to prove yourself. Um, so what I'd advise them is that they shouldn't stop uh, doing what they need to do. And they shouldn't uh, take all the um, negativities that they hear uh, and, and, and because, I mean, being a candidate attorney, you are going to make tea. You are going to be told you are dumb. You are going uh, to be told that you, you can't phrase uh, sentences nice. You are going to be told so many things that are not nice. Trust me. But I think like we are abused. We are abused <laughs> by... By these people. You fetch dry clean. You know, you in the office you do everything that nobody else wants to do, you know. But I mean that shouldn't um, hold you back and those things you should just see them as little things because you're just passing the you're passing, you, you're going to, 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 to the next step. So if you're going to focus on all those little things that, no, why me, hi this, I then like, I, I don't know, I don't know what to, so, so what I say is ignore all those and focus on your goal. That's what I, that's how yeah. I find. <laughs> and before step will come into the conversation, you know, um, it's so beautiful. You survived, indeed you did. Your law focus listener, we're speaking to Nogulunga Mugodiwa. She is a candidate attorney who is yet to finish uh, completing her, her, her modules for the year um, so that she can start practicing. And she's sharing with us her very interesting experience. If you don't know what it's like being a candidate attorney, you have to listen because, wow, like she's getting real. This is like so true. How do you feel, you know, you know, Women's Month? When it comes, I mean, I feel like women, we should be celebrated every day. But anyway, it's fine. It's another story. Because we are completing Women's Month anyway. Let's talk about this. And here you are at a law firm, a uh, male-dominated industry with all these men and whatever. And even Gao August, you are still being treated like rubbish, you know, just because you have not acquired the, and I said in inverted commas, credibility or whatever it is of being an attorney, um, you know, what was your experience about that kind of stuff? And how do we break the patriarchal norms, you know, within the legal industry? Again, as women, what is it that we're supposed to do? Um, it's not our duty alone. The men need to play a heck of a lot of role um, in this regard. But, I mean, what's your opinion about the workplace? How should we break that kind of um, 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 toxic masculinity and sometimes the labor laws that I think are somewhat really disregarded, despite the fact that we are working for the law and are inside, you know, quotation marks, the law. 
first and foremost, you need to stand your ground. Uh, when you first come into the, the, the field, you soft and all that, but as you go along, then you realize that I need to toughen up. That, that, that's what I've experienced. I had toughened up and I've learned uh, that I need to stand my ground and, uh, and actually express how you feel, what you want, and how you want it to be done. So it's okay to actually talk and say what is it that you want and how, how, how do you want it to be done. Because if you don't talk, then uh, you keep on being pushed around. So I'm, I'm saying to, to all the uh, young female uh, CA students out there, and even uh, young admitted attendees as well, push back. You need to push back when there's a need for you to push back. Mm, no, that's true. That's very true. Um, we're going to take a break and um, we'll be right back. Law Focus, handing you your rights. Well, Law Focus listener, we asked some of you to share your views on the issue that women are not allowed to fall pregnant while serving their articles as candidate attorneys. Here are your viewpoints. Hi, I'm Roxanne. I'm from Four Ways. And, um, you know, regarding the narrative that female candidate attorneys aren't allowed to fall pregnant while serving articles, is for me personally, if it's, you know, it's in- inherently discriminatory. Because one gets asked that question often, or not even asked that question. You're told in, in no uncertain terms, but with very euphemistic language, that you shouldn't fall pregnant during articles. But it begs the question, is that's that's foreboding or that warning given to male candidate attorneys in the interviews as well. On that foundational principle alone, I think it's unfair. My name is Lloyd. I've heard the narrative that female candidate attorneys aren't allowed to fall pregnant while servicing their articles is unfair because it suggests that female uh, females have lesser rights than their male counterparts. It also suggests that female bodies can be controlled by an employer and it isn't in, it isn't enough that uh, their maternity leave is unpaid now you want to also choose for them when to and when not to get pregnant it's also against uh, section 6.1 of the equity employ of the employment equity act which protects employees and job applicants against discrimination on grounds such as race gender sex uh, and pregnancy my name is Price Shabango. I'm from Randbeck. yes I think it's discrimination and is unfair because it puts women on a disadvantage compared to their counterparts only compared only based on something that is natural which they cannot control themselves it's more like they're being punished for being women doing your articles what would you think is the best bit of advice you received the best advice that I received was um I need to learn to push back and not uh, accept everything that I'm being told because some people will give you sort of like a go-away answer. And if you accept it, then you'll forever be given given that uh, go-away answer. So um, my first principle taught me that 
as a black woman, if you do not push back, then people will not take you seriously. And he also taught me that I need to pay attention in everything that I do. So those are the two best advices that I uh, have ever received and I've applied them and they actually work. And you say you and you say you've you you you've you've moved hey, from one say your first principle. So you moved from one principle to another principle. What was that experience like? Was it scary? Was it easy? What was it like? It, it was very scary because I had gotten used to uh, being at that uh, firm and I was scared of uh, you know, when you're scared of the unknown, I didn't know what to, 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 to expect because you, you get all sorts of stories from your, your, your peers. They would tell you the treatment they get from their firms. So um, I didn't want to, to go into another firm as a candidate attorney because I wasn't sure of the treatment, the environment, and everything that I would have to experience there. So that was my main um, problem. Yeah, it sounds like law firms really do have a bad reputation. No lies. They do um, trust me. <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. I, this is an issue we must unravel. Well, about, it's a lot, hey? It's a lot. It's a lot. People experience it like serious stuff. Uh, 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 while they are saving their articles, it's very scary. So mm -hmm. I was, uh, so where I was, I was like, okay, this I can handle. So uh, I was okay. Mm, that's very important, hey, to look after your personal health as well, because your the violations that are out there, mm, and 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 still on this topic of of different law firms that you have worked for. You obviously acquired uh, different experiences from all the law firms that you've been to. Like, well, at least that's my assumption. So you have done eviction cases. You have done administration of estates, just to name a few. And since law firms are obviously different, each of them have has its own uh, respective cultures. Um, and again, the assumption here being that where you are now is different to where you were before um, and, uh, and before you joined this current law firm, um, you are from a male-dominated law firm, um, and you had your own perceptions about being um, your own boss, and it seemed like that dream was kind of crushed for some time because of whatever experience that you had, and then you moved to an environment that is fully. 100% female base. How, how has that shift, which I think is an important one, impacted you? And while you're there, perhaps you can also just, you know, tell us about what it's like having um, a current female boss and how has she actually influenced you to change your perception of opening your own law firm? And I think that's pretty cool, being in a female-based African law firm. That's amazing. Oh, yes, that is true. So <laughs> I first sent my articles in a male-dominated firm. And, well, I was the only female, so I'd say that I did not exactly relate to any of those uh, uh, males that I worked with. 
they were nice and everything, but you know, I, I just I don't know. I, I I think I actually felt more like an ant in a way. Uh, I'm not sure why, but I just didn't feel um, I didn't feel confident enough. Is it like you didn't fit well with them in you know in the puzzle? It was not a perfect fit. I think so. I think it was not a perfect fit, and maybe um, to some extent, I felt like a lot was expected out of me, and maybe I was not really delivering. When when you now made that shift finally to go to a new law firm, which is a female, fully black and female-owned law firm, how was that? experience how different was it from where you come from and how has it impacted you the influences that you gained from that environment okay so the difference between the two firms was that uh one the first firm was um I was I was male dominated and then the second one is 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 female dominated with the first one, I'd say that I feel like I I fit in anything. I felt like maybe uh, I didn't meet up to my expectations. I don't know if it was just me or, but uh, I just I felt like, hey, maybe this law thing is just a lot for me. That's how I felt. But then now with the move, uh, it's it's also different. Uh, I think I've I've actually found a place where I could I can actually see my strengths as um as as, as a young CA I can see where I'm strong at what is it that I can do how much I can push uh, although at first when I found out that uh, my second principal is actually a woman I was worried. Uh, by the fact that you know with women there's always that thing that hey you know what women to women it doesn't work well i don't know if you've heard that but <laughs> i was actually I a lot of negative perceptions about women and mm-hmm. i think it stems from our patriarchal society as well but i really mm-hmm. you know i think your answer is very interesting and i'm wondering then would you say it's very important for um a prospective attorney so first of all, getting to a discipline of law that they really, really do enjoy. So for instance, I shouldn't go and work for a law firm that does um, medical negligence claims and motor vehicle accidents if I know I don't like delict um, and to rather maybe stick to something that I know I'm really, really passionate about. Or it's one of those things where you just do whatever you can at that time, you'll see in future whether you get the opportunity to practice what you really, really do enjoy. What's your take on that? Uh, I wouldn't uh, advise that you you choose what is it that you want to do. It's better that you actually do everything. Like if you get into a law firm, do whatever it is that they are doing, so that you 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 because this is all about experience. And then in the end, then you can decide which field you you want to 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 place yourself in. Not you. It's difficult for you to be choosy as a candidate attorney because, for one, you don't really know what is it that uh, you like. Yes, you had favorite subjects at school, but it might happen that when you get in practice, that favorite 
subject if you liked family you don't family is not really your thing you you'd rather probably uh do uh maybe personal injury for instance so um i'd say that it it uh, it really depends so don't be choosy just do what you 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 do what they do in that firm and then that experience will become very handy for you at a later stage okay granted now the journey to being an attorney is often a long one uh, and uh, yours is uh, particularly long because you've had a profession before and now you're moving to a new profession having to acquire new skills uh, is there anything you would have done differently uh, in your journey to becoming an attorney uh, i'm actually happy that things happened the way that they happened because i think maybe if it had happened differently then my experiences would be different as well um i feel more confident now and i've actually experienced so much which i know that other candidate attorneys did not uh, experience um as much as i did for what there, there there's one um attorney that was told me i was actually telling him about my worry of moving firms and he said to me it's okay i see you worried but you need to understand that your parts can never be the same your part and the other candidate's part can never be the same it's all going to be different for all of you so for me it, it was different it was difficult and right now i'm actually grateful that i went through all those challenges because those challenges have uh, created even a stronger uh, woman out of me so i, I can i, I can uh, say that I, i can handle anything that comes my way now mm. and and before we let you go was that move from one law firm to another was it an easy one like the process of it or was it hard you can't be taking leaves you you can't be away if you are away you need to pay back that time so for instance in my case when i counted um i counted because i was pregnant remember so when i counted all the time that i was away it all amounted to 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 60 days so i had to pay that 60 days back it's yeah but other than that it, it was fine now i'd say that now i'm i'm settled i'm looking forward to just uh finishing up and acquiring all the experience that i'm currently getting So that's Nugulunga Mkhotwa who is a candidate attorney sharing some of her experiences and her challenges in the legal fraternity as a young black woman. I think as you're listening to that conversation you can tell that there's a lot of non-transformation uh, within the legal industry being pregnant as a candidate attorney it was difficult because generally it is not acceptable um being having to change law firms during your articles of clerkship can be very disturbing having to write your boards and then unfortunately because life happens you have to repeat um a module or two it's not easy it hasn't been easy and i don't think no one has the only one who's gone through something like that there's probably many other women who are listening who have experienced um you know the same 
or might experience the same in future. And I hope this will inspire you who is listening and interested in this industry to keep pursuing your dreams despite the challenges. It's not easy. It's really not easy. Thank you so much, Nogulunga, for joining us and really all the best with your future endeavors. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed uh, sharing my experience as well. And I hope that uh, someone out there is listening and they can take a thing or two out of my experience and apply it in, in their um, experience as well. A hundred percent. Thank you. Awesome. Tonight's show is proof that although women are still facing many underlying problems such as discrimination within the legal fraternity, they remain resilient and they have proved really beyond any doubt that they are just as worthy as the male counterparts. I hope you join us again next week for another inspirational and educational hour of Law Focus. Indeed. I mean, I have a lot to say. Hashtag transform the legal fraternity. But because we are done for the show this evening, I'd like to thank you again for joining us. And to our guest, of course, Nolunga Mgodwa, for bracing us with her presence. From our producer, Rithilwe Mekwa, and our technical producer, Ugwana Serame, from Tepo Happy, as well as myself, Millicent Ntiweni. Thank you for tuning into Law Focus tonight. Keep safe and stay blessed. Good night. Lawful Focus 88.1 Point of Information Law Focus Podcast